Hey there, and welcome to the Parable Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Zapchank. This is a space where we meet someone every week, and we have a conversation about their parable, and we celebrate the presence of God in their life. You know, sometimes we are hustling and producing so much in this world that we forget to do just that. Listen and lean in. So today we're going to hear from author Catherine McNeil. Here is our Parable Conversation. Well, I have the pleasure of chatting with Catherine McNeil today. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us on the Parable Podcast today. So grateful to be here. Catherine, I know you from a friend of a friend, and I saw you the other week at an event, and I just appreciate your graciousness for joining us today, sharing your story. It's kind of like, I guess it's like our first date, really. Could you kind of explain who is Catherine? My name is Catherine McNeil, and I live in the western suburbs of Chicago with my husband and three kids and an enormous garden. Professionally, I am a freelance writer, author, editor, speaker, kind of a word wizard. I'm the author of three books. So with that garden, has that been something that you've like always loved, like having a green thumb, being out in nature? Yes. I grew up in the country in Wisconsin and Minnesota. And when I moved here to the Chicago suburbs, I lived in apartments and townhouses and condos and despaired that I would ever have a little green space. So I would grow tomatoes and cucumbers and herbs on my balcony. which is not awesome. (laughs) I did what I could. And as soon as we did finally have a chance to move to a place with a yard, I was nine months pregnant when it was time to plant. Nevertheless, I was on the ground planting. So... (laughs) It's just a beautiful representation of putting the effort into something, watching it grow, and just like so much love and tenderness brought in. I mean, it takes a lot of work to have a garden. Well, Catherine, why don't you start us off with what your story is that you'd like to share today and how you felt like God really showed you something through that moment or season? Well, you know, like I said, I'm a writer and an author and a speaker, so I have a lot of stories. And as I was thinking through what I wanted to tell here, I realized there's a pretty major story in my life that I've never actually told publicly. So that is the story of a head injury and a concussion that I experienced in 2019 and the very long healing process. How did that start for you? Well, my husband and I actually had planned a trip, a vacation, just the two of us. We have three kids, uh, we have jobs. So for the two of us to be able to go on a trip together is a big deal. We'd planned and saved for a long time. Uh, We were actually gonna be celebrating a milestone birthday of his. And we had just arrived. Um, It was the second day of a 10 day vacation to the Azores, which are some islands in the Atlantic Ocean that actually are part of Portugal. So we were kind of getting over jet lag we hadn't really started the good times yet, but we went for a hike on a mountain. It sounds very dramatic, but we lost our path and I just stumbled and somehow did not catch myself. My arms did not go out. My husband has this really distinct memory of watching me fall face forward and my arms not going out to catch myself. And I landed Mm. on my chin. And what the doctors have told me since is that just like with a car accident, the car stops, but your body keeps going. And that's how you end up going through the windshield. My skull stopped but my brain kept going and Mm. I ended up with what apparently was a pretty severe head injury and a concussion. It took me a full year to recover, but there was not really any medical care on the island that we were. We drove to what Google told us was a hospital, (laughs) but it was actually a grassy field with uh, a big sign on it. 
saying hospital coming soon. Were you in a lot of pain? I was in some pain. My face was pretty cut up. I definitely went through a phase of denial. If I could go back, I would say to myself, you're not going to be able to power through this. <laughs> you are going to need to sit in a dark room for several months. You should just start now. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it was my husband's special birthday. It was our special vacation. So I really tried to power through. And that was definitely a major error. When I finally got back to the United States, we literally went straight from O'Hare Airport to my doctor. Ten days later. And... He asked me if I had kind of taken it easy and rested, and I said, Well, you know, there was this one day when I went on another hike top of a waterfall, and he just looked at me and he said, You know, that is more stimulation than I would have liked for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But I didn't know. You know, we really yeah. didn't know. But by the time I was back in the United States, I had spent most of the vacation in bed in my hotel room. Pretty much ruining my husband's birthday and vacation. Would you say that when you were told to take a step back, that you need to pause and rest, is that something that comes easily to you or not so much? You know, before this happened, I think I would have said yes. I highly value the need for margin and for balance, but I have three kids and I have a job, jobs actually, yeah. and I found it just practically, logistically incredibly difficult. And it's the kind of thing where I was ready to say for a week, all right, I'm going to need to lay in bed. I'm going to have to call into work. I'm going to have to rely on someone else to get my kids to and from school and make all the food and all just all the things that grownups do. But the thing is, is that first time I was able to drive again, this happened in February. The first time I was able to drive was August. August. Mm. The first time that I was able to be in a room with other people, more than one or two, was August also. It was as the healing process dragged on and on and on without any progress that I could see. And I had to continue to be just totally dependent on other people, not even just for my own needs, but to take care of my children. As I watched other people take on my professional tasks and realizing that this could go on forever and I could just become totally obsolete, obsolete to my family obsolete professionally. I think that's where it became really challenging for me. And one of the things that I think I would now say God was teaching me is that in the past, you know, I've never been an athletic person. I'm a bookworm. I, I like to research. I like to read. I like to write. I like to wrestle with ideas. So I've always thought, you know, if I'm ever in a skiing accident and I can no longer, you know, use my knees, like I'm going to be okay with that. But what happened with this head injury is that I lost my ability to think. And that is not something that I realized could happen while you were still alive. But it was as though there was the whole area of my brain that processed ideas, even simple ideas. It was absolutely gated off and I couldn't access it. That was where I really, really struggled. It was more that than the pain or just even letting things go. It was being incapable of even reflecting on my experience. Couldn't even process it. Couldn't even have thoughts about not being able to form thoughts. And I definitely went through times of despair and panic, mm -hmm. especially as this went on for months. So has your body fully healed or is that still a process for brain trauma? You know, at the one year point, I remember saying, okay, wow, I have needed this entire year to heal. 
Ironically and unfortunately, that, that was the end of February of 2020. So right <laughs> when I was about to start re-entering the world and, and going places again, man, I felt so isolated at the beginning of 2020. That was when everything shut down for COVID. So I entered COVID already with a year of isolation and staying at home under my belt. But I did at that time believe that I was at 100%. But then... When I reached the two-year mark just in February of 21, I realized I was healthier than I had even been a year ago. So I think I continued healing. Fewer headaches, fewer visual disturbances, less vertigo, less, I don't want to say mood swings, but just a, more myself, more being myself. Now that you've had some time to reflect over those last two years, what do you think was like your biggest takeaway that you felt like God taught you through that season? After going totally dark on social media for several weeks because yeah. I couldn't I couldn't look at screens. This is what I wrote on Instagram and Facebook. I have been on an unrequested journey of healing for the past several weeks and counting. I will be honest, it has been hard, discouraging, frustrating. With neither my brain nor my eyes working well, I've had to wrestle with a temporary reality in which I cannot read, write, interact, or think, ponder, reflect, or produce, complete, achieve. The lyrics to one of my favorite songs says, God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. While my eyes have been malfunctioning, I've prayed this. I've been leaning in for the nourishment I know God offers deep in my soul. Nourishment that I cannot receive in easier, busier, louder seasons. These have been and continue to be challenging days, but God has been present. I've been listening also to the song, No Longer Slaves, on repeat for the past few days, soaking in the words and music. Yes, I have been unraveled, but I have also been surrounded by a song. God has convinced me that this season is not the bondage. Rescue is not something that will happen later when I feel more comfortable, as much as I hope with gratitude for that day. Liberation is right here. The liberation is right now. I share this humbly, fully aware that so many of you are struggling through much longer seasons of much deeper darkness, but I sing this song over all of us today. You unravel me with a melody you surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears have come.
children. I'm grateful that you're just so honest because I think it's hard for people to be in an area of desperation when they're lonely and when you are feeling overwhelmed by your situation. And so I'm just grateful that you chose to share that because it's easy for people to just shove that to the side and put on a front or say, you know what, I have been healed. Um, But really, you're correct. God is in those moments where it is mysterious and maybe we're never going to get the closure on that of why that exactly happened until one day we see him. Thank you for sharing. One of the memories that I do have from this time is I should have just, I don't know, quit my job or told work (laughs) that I needed six months. um, But everyone just kept thinking it would just be a few more weeks. And after my initial inability to do anything, my parents started driving me to work. (laughs) My parents were getting my kids or my husband was, you know, obviously my husband bore the brunt of all of this, but I got myself to work and, you know, wore a hat and wore dark glasses. And really, I should have just been in bed. But I can remember (laughs) one of these days I was in a room. I was working for a nonprofit Christian organization at the time. And I was in a room where we had brought in a van for a meeting. And I couldn't I couldn't be in this crowded room with so many people and so much noise. And so I was out in the hallway, but they were singing this song that had meant so much to me, No Longer Slaves. And I just stood there with tears streaming down my face and hearing these words. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies. God's presence so palpable, even though I was alone in the hallway. And just absolute confidence that it wasn't this season of pain and darkness that God was delivering me from. But this season of pain and darkness somehow was the deliverance. And that's why I started this rather long story by saying that what God taught me is a mystery because I don't understand what that meant. Like, I can't be like, and now I understand. Yeah. But I don't know how to explain to you the deep conviction, the certainty I have Mm -hmm. that that is what God wanted me to hear and know during that time and that it was true. It's hard for us as humans because we just want, we live in like a culture that there's information everywhere. You just say like, oh, I'll just Google that. And so, Mm -hmm. and then you get the answer, if you will. (laughs) And so, yeah, when we are in that season, just resting in the knowledge that he has it, it is challenging because we just want answers. And so thank you so much for just being honest with wrestling and realizing that your story, it matters and it has brought you to a place of better understanding of how God is working in your everyday life. Thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting people to tell their parables, their stories. I greatly appreciate Catherine's story today of wrestling with the why of her head trauma that she experienced back in 2019. Catherine's latest book, Fearing Bravely, Risking Love for Our Neighbors, Strangers, and Enemies, it's going to be out this February, February 8th. But you can pre-order that on Amazon and it will literally show up right at your door. In all of Catherine's books, she does an excellent job of having practical, spiritual practices after every chapter. And she said that it's important for us to recognize and see the presence of God in our everyday. And so how do we do that? We need to cultivate these spiritual practices so that we can join our spirit with his. So for example, it's just simply choosing to take a deep breath once a day. It's just as simple as that. If you listen for a while, the Parable Podcast, we love to dig a little deeper around the topics that we've talked about today. So some takeaway questions to think about, maybe journal or have a conversation with a friend. It's just a great opportunity to experience and think about this topic a little bit more. So number one, 
in that same vein of seeing the presence of God, take a moment every day to jot down how you've seen God's creative, redemptive work in your life. And you know, that's going to help cultivate that mindset. I read a book a while back. It was called 1000 Gifts by Anne Voskamp. And she wanted you to journal just, just about the little things. So for me, it was seeing my son's hair kind of just wave in the wind and it was soft and it was blonde. It was, it was so cute. Or just maybe it's putting your favorite creamer in your coffee. I think it's easy for us to rush past those kinds of things because we think they're mundane or simple. But how can you remember what God's presence, what God's creative work has done in your life every day. Number two, is there a mystery or kind of like this big question mark around a certain season of your life? If so, maybe what you need to do is name it, pray over it, and maybe God's going to answer. But also, if he doesn't, know that it is okay. It's okay to rest in not knowing all the answers and just remember and hold tight that God is good. If you like the show, I would so appreciate if you gave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. It definitely helps people like you find a place to listen in to other people's parables. Or otherwise, you can simply share this conversation with a friend. It's a great way for you to connect and continue what we've already talked about today. If you have any questions or you want more information about the show or Catherine, you can find that over at daniellezapcheng.com or all the links are down below as well. I'd love to connect with you more. You can find find me hanging out on Instagram or Facebook. And that will do it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you have a parable and it showcases the mystery of God working in your life. And I can't wait to chat with you again next week on the Parable Podcast.